Spags, we're back. I hear you had a, a pretty controversial stream on Friday. Then we got the MILF Hunter news about Zach Wilson. This feels like a very splash play kind of day. Yeah, apparently the box will be fro flowing freely today, but we are going to talk about Zach Wilson, the MILF hunting rumors. Is he hooking up with his mom's best friend? We'll talk about it right after this. We'll also dive into the puppy today, multi-tabling some puppy drafts because Lord knows that draft is going to fill up quickly over on Underdog Fantasy. So Pete, let's hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet, who I will say I'm grateful is with us today because I heard the full story about Pete's car, near car accident on Friday. And uh, Pete, I am glad you're okay because that would have been really an opportune timing after announcing you're having a daughter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we we also just got uh had an offer accepted on a house. So yeah, to to leave my my wife and our daughter in our future house, but most importantly, you all just kind of hanging here. I mean, could you imagine everyone? You you you'd be just getting spag solo streams um, you know, four times a week. But maybe that's actually what the people want. But yes, no, thank you. It was uh it was a scary moment. Glad to have uh, emerged unscathed. I like that you put the future house as part of your list of concerns. Like, oh, I don't want to leave the future house. Like, it's going to be really sick over there. You're going to have a nice studio space. And actually, are you going to build out like a, a real studio? Are you going to go full Joe Hoka? I haven't figured out. I have a few options. I think just like initially, just because it's just going to be so crazy in August getting over there. I think I'm just going to use one of the bedrooms just to kind of like uh, get stationed. But then there is some intriguing space in the basement that I think I could, you know, maybe build out a, a little bit of a, of a studio with. So, yeah, I think that's my goal long term. A fellow basement boy, but make sure you're following at Peter Overzet, following at Chris Spags, and following at Splash Play Pod. Of course, check out Football Outsiders or Football Outsiders Almanac is coming out, I believe, within the next 24 hours over footballoutsiders.com. A great piece to go along with some other books that are floating around out there that'll give you a read on the industry. But I'll personally vouch for the Football Outsiders. One of these guys put a lot of work into that, bring some different data perspectives, different angles that help you make smarter decisions for team futures betting, for fantasy, for best ball like we're drafting right now. So go check that out, footballoutsiders.com. And uh, Pete, I guess. Well, real fast, you said my stream on Friday was controversial, and I guess, Pete, controversy creates cash because that's our first thousand-view video on the YouTube channel, the Splash Play YouTube, that I'll encourage people to subscribe to right now, Pete, but I think it's the Zero RB thing. I think there's a lot of intrigue as though I'm some sort of mystic man talking about why I don't draft running backs, but you got can't argue with results. Yeah, what a I was I was confused by some of the comments that someone said it was cumtastic. So and then there was all the zero RB stuff. So I was having a hard time un untangling the zero RB from your filth and smut. So I opened with Zero RB. I walked through the Rotoviz Explorer, the fan ball construction that I talk about a lot, the Ross construction tool on there. Of course, I use Pete's account, but I will personally say you guys should all buy your own Rotoviz memberships for yourself to dig in on the Ross construction. You can stop mentioning Explorer. that you use my account every single time. It's not like anyone is going to call you out for uh, not. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Well, it's like a flex to be like, I got Pete's account. Like, it's like I'm your, I'm your little sugar boy with a little handkerchief in my here, back pocket. Here, here is your uh, ultimatum. If you mention that it's my account, again i will go change the password on you oh no it's one of those wacky passwords too made by a password manager there's no way i would ever be able to figure what it you out. think i get first of all do, you, do i strike you like some idiot who has the same password for everything and then on top of that strike you as an idiot who would give you the same password i use for everything 
Well, you have my underdog password, which, as you know, is a fully an actual password that uh, you could probably figure out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I was actually able to log into OnlyFans with that same password, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I hope not. Either way, though, the Friday stream is popping off. And yet, Pete, what I did is the second hour of that one, that's the adults-only hour where you could say whatever the hell you want. That's what we do on that stream over there, of course, inspired by our good pal Tim Robinson. You know what? I feel like everything I need to know about what happened on this stream. You said they got a thousand views. That must mean there was a few comments on there. I bet I can learn everything I need to know by checking out the comments. How how, how many uh, subs are we up to over there? Uh, we are at, I think, 850 right now. So 150 short of being able to panhandle for Super Chats on that channel and, and make ones and ones of cents off of each video. Oh, wow. Spags hits 1K, 65 likes. A joke even Spags couldn't finish. I'm shocked. Basketball counts as long as you can draft. Are you still harping about this underdog cardio club stuff? Jesus, Spags, get <laughs> no, over it. Well, yeah, people bring it up. They're like, oh, but like Josh Frick called me out about not doing underdog cardio entries. Like I'd somehow, my man card had to be revoked for not hitting the Stairmaster while doing a draft. Look at this uh, freeze frame here. <laughs> I mean, that's a man that's going to spin some fine zero RB yarns. There you go. Okay. All right. So what, 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 what was your controversial zero RB takes? Oh, it was just, you know, talking about it in general. Like one of the comments on there was some guy like I saw Jarek McKinnon. I've immediately X'd out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sorry. The guy who had an amazing end of season playoff run that was being used in really exciting ways. That'd be great for a half point PPR, a foot point PPR. Yeah. Sorry. He's in my zero RB build, but I think it's just people seeing that thumbnail. Cause the thumbnail is like why I never draft running backs. So I'm like, I went full clickbait there. Obviously I'm drafting running backs sometimes, but I'm not doing it early. Pete. I simply refuse. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, zero RB is still, uh, we'll be, we'll be 80 years old and it'll still be a polarizing topic. I did actually, I was thinking the other day that I do think this could be the last year before zero RB goes fully mainstream because I do really believe a, a zero RB team will win one of these big contests, whether it's underdog, a puppy DK, um, any of them that are structured, uh, like these are with the, you know, four uncorrelated tournaments, I do really think a zero RB team will take one of these down. And at, at that point, um, it will go fully mainstream and we're even seeing it too. Um, fantasy mojo who does a lot of FFPC data research and stuff. He had a thread out the other day, looking at the FFPC rooms and noticing that there's now on average, like two to three zero RB builds. Uh, per draft, which didn't used to be the case. Like when Pat and I, you know, first started doing our FFPC drafts, like if you went zero RB, it was like one out of every 15 drafts, you'd maybe see another zero RB drafter. So it is slowly uh, gaining more pro proliferation. And I do really think all it would take is one of these to win. And um, the cat uh, will be out of the bag, so to speak. So I don't know. Soak it up while you can, because the edge will uh, dry up at some point. So you're saying if you were to do it one year to go 80% zero RB with all your drafts, Pete, this would be the year to do it, right? Some could say that. I mean, look, I, I always think it's a, a good time to go zero RB. I do actually, in my puppy drafts, I've been going pretty extreme zero RB, probably like 90%. Uh, zero RB in the puppy drafts, obviously in uh, Best Ball Mania three, I'm uh, I'm playing the ADP game a little bit more early, but yeah, I uh, it is uh, I think it's a dominant strategy, and uh, you know I, I need people like the counselor and the anti zero RB people to keep beating the drum for it because one of the last talking points they have is that it's never won a big tournament, and once that goes away, <laughs> they're out of ammunition. 
Could you imagine, Pete, if like, so you've been doing the zero RB stuff for a while. Of course, people get mad on ship chasing when you draft running backs. Could you imagine if I win millions of dollars with zero RB on a team we didn't draft on this show? Um, No, I'd be happy for you, Pat Spag, because then I could, you know, ride your coattails. It just reminded me of how long we've been talking about this, Spags. Look at this. I just remember this post and I wanted to see where it was from. Um, I pulled this up. I said, a lot of big talk about zero RB and yet none of you are willing to tattoo it on your forehead like me. This is from June of 2016. This was literally wow. six fucking years ago. Uh, my engagement wasn't as good here. Um, but <laughs> uh, like one of my tweets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, this has been, it's, uh, it's as old as time. It never stops. I'm always, da- you know, going to the zero RB well is always good for engagement. All right, so I'm just going to put this comment on the screen real fast, Pete. Brandon saying, the last three minutes of my solo stream was the best stretch of fantasy football content he's ever consumed. So if that doesn't tantalize people to subscribe to the Splash Play channel, I don't know what does. And I swear to God, that's not my bird or Brandon Kramer. I don't own that NFT. Uh, yeah, no, I know I know Kramer there from uh, the Deposit Kingdom Discord. And uh, I mean, it, it hurts. I would have liked to have think that I've created, you know, the best 30 minutes of uh, fantasy football content. But I guess I've been passed up, Spax. He was just waiting for cum jokes. That was what that's what you get on the Friday solo streams. But let's uh, speak of cum jokes. I guess what a transition here to talk about the rumors and innuendos around Zach Wilson, the Jets QB. And I saw this one break actually on Reddit because the Barstool subreddit was posting about it. I guess one of their bloggers caught it pretty early. And then Zach Wilson DM'd the blogger, actually followed the blogger, who I believe is a Jets fan, then D like DM'd him like, hey, can you take this down? Then he like replied to him and was like, No, well, I guess yeah, I'll take it down for you. Like, you know, hope you'll hook me up with some Jets stuff or whatever. And then Zach Wilson unfollowed him. <laughs> that was the end of it. But the rumors now, Pete, were being reported in the New York Post, uh, and it even made the Fantasy Life newsletter, which must I'm surprised that wasn't the headline on it. You had Alvin Kamara instead. This is easy clickbait. Oh, I trust me. I had a conversation with Elliot. I said I can clear a 60% open rate if you let me do the title, the NFQ, the NFL QB sleeping with his friend's mom. Um, you know, uh, you know, they uh, decided to go the more prudish route. Uh, the fun police came out and, uh, yeah, I was, I was ready to go for it. Spags, trust me. I, uh, I was ready to go for it. it. And it was so funny that you say that too, because I put it as a link in the water cooler section and the newsletter had been up for about an hour. And that link had already been clicked over a thousand times. Just Jeez. that one. Cause you know, it's like, we're all on Twitter. We are all seeing it, but like the masses are probably not having quite caught wind of this story yet. And, uh, it is probably one of the more salacious kind of like juicy clickbait stories we'll get in the NFL fantasy universe. So I'll read the headline, which actually was linked in the Fantasy Life newsletter if you want to pull that up in your email to play along at home. DailySnark.com saying, Zach Wilson scrubbed his old girlfriend, Abby Gile, from his Instagram account earlier this year. In return, she's now scrubbed one of his best friends from his life. Gile is now dating his former best friend and BYU roommate, Washington Commanders wide receiver Dax Milne. Fans immediately took to her Instagram and blasted her on her latest picture. One person called her a quote-unquote homie hopper, and Gile fired back by exposing that Zach Wilson slept with his mom's best friend. And you can see on the screen there, uh, the screen captured from Instagram, Spencer Davidson saying homie hopper. And she replies, he was sleeping around with his mom's best friend. That's the real homie hopper with crying <laughs> emojis. So Abby Gile airing it out, Pete, and no games on the schedule this year between the, the Washington commanders and the jets, unfortunately, but a dicey situation, no matter, even if there isn't the mom hooking up stuff. Do you think, um, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I guess, I guess she, she's, you know, free to go rogue here. I, it, it is funny how sometimes this happened. It's like, she knows, 
or I would hope she knows once she makes this comment publicly, like this story's going viral versus if she just like did a post that was like, here's why Zach and I broke up and what he's been doing or whatever. So I think that was interesting that you have this news bomb like married or uh, buried within a, a comment on Instagram. But uh, yeah, the, the, the homie hopper line is, uh, is very good. It's honestly one of those things where I guess some drama there, it seems like. And I, the question, Pete, as we always try to tackle on this show, putting everything through the prism of fantasy football, does this make Zach Wilson's stock go up or down? Because I have a take here, but I'm curious about your thoughts first. About for fantasy? Yes. Well, I, I mean, trust me, if you've been on Twitter, uh, all of Jets Nation is really excited because Zach Wilson's got that dog in him. They got that dog in him. I also love, too, because this poor Abby Guile put it out there thinking that, you know, he'd get all this blowback and all of this stuff and all the Jets fans are like, yeah, this is our dude, the MILF hunter. Uh, so yes, I think, um, you know, people do have question marks about Zach Wilson heading into year two. They've equipped him with a lot of weapons and, um, you know, this is, uh, there's a long history of playboy New York Jets quarterbacks. And I think this kind of cements him as part of that Mount Rushmore. So I think that you're you're talking, I think, in particular, Mark Sanchez was at one point uh, dating Kate Upton, I think, was really being the man about town when he had that one or two good run, good year run for the Jets. I think for Zach Wilson, though, like, I, everybody's going to say stock up. I'm actually going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say stock down. And this is me embracing my inner Stephen A. Smith, where, yeah, look, it's great that he's hooking up with MILF. It's very fun to call him the MILF hunter. I'm sure the T-shirt's going to be slinging left and right in the MetLife parking, uh, you know, parking lots over and over again. But I think from my perspective, like, you don't want a guy hooking up with Mills like Jimmy Garoppolo. When he first got his taste of fame, he was hooking up with the Mill porn star. Didn't work out for him. Uh, overall, Zach Wilson, you want him focused on the game. You want him to be hungry and out there. And I think if you're trying to bend to the whims of a 45-year-old woman from Laguna Beach, I feel like, Pete, that's just not where your headspace needs to be heading into what could be a breakout year. No, I, I'll go I'll go the other take on it and not for like he's got that dog in him. I mean, if anything, this is more seamless, right? Because we don't want him for fantasy purposes out going to all the New York City bars, you know, taking in the nightlife. I mean, this is like the, his friend's mom's over. They're like baking cookies. They're playing Candyland. And then his mom goes to bed and, you know, he, he hooks up with her and, and then moves on. Like if anything, this domesticates him further and provides less distractions to him in the big city. I think, I think this is optimal for his football play. You think he's playing Candyland with it? <laughs> is she also getting stuck in a dryer and then she can't get out and needs Zach Wilson's help? <laughs> I am going to, uh, I'm going to pre bonk myself for something I'm about to say here. Um, this is a, this actually, no, I'll say it and then I'll bonk myself. And I'm sure you guys have all done. I started trying to Google to try to find a photo of Zach Wilson's mom or friend. Everyone's seen Zach Wilson's mom, but the friend. I mean, has anyone found this yet? No, I don't think there's been any, any crumbs out there. No, it's, it's not available yet. I mean, anything you'd have to spin would just be from your imagination at this point. And trust me, I imagined it. And for that... <laughs> You know who's a noted fantasy football personality and also a noted MILF who follows me on Twitter, Pete? I'll give you I'll give you guys. Honestly, I don't think you're a porn star guy, so you're not George Kittle? Yeah, George Kittle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, famous MILF porn star George Kittle, which is why I'm always drafting him in the elite tight end range. <laughs> no, go ahead. Who who is uh, it? Lisa Ann, of who is who converted yeah. her career from pornography to fantasy analyst on Sirius XM to back to pornography, I think. And then she's like a life coach. There's a lot going on in the Lisa Ann business, but uh the Lisa Ann business is booming for, <laughs> for my follower count. Currently. I actually am thinking of 
taking a similar trajectory from the opposite. So going from fantasy football analyst to porn star, and then inevitably coming back to being a fantasy analyst. So it all ties back to my concept I pitched you on last week of nude fantasy football content on OnlyFans. <laughs> Mathology says, oh, I did a deep dive into Mrs. Wilson Instagram photos and only found two suspects. <laughs> I think we need to know Mathology, our resident horn dog, who I would say uh, steers me into some unpleasant areas, Pete, including on Friday stream where he showed me Matt Corral's girlfriend, who is uh, curvaceous to say the least in a way that was almost uncomfortable to have on a YouTube video. If anybody's going to figure out who this is, like Mathology might be the best detective we have. I know. I'm more, Mathology, did you see in the Splash Play channel in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, he was sharing uh, they were building an outdoor shower uh, at their at their home and I, I i'm jealous i want an outdoor shower but the reason he gave for it was to have unique places to bonk away from the kids <laughs> uh, apparently one of the guys ross of the friday stream is saying his daughter is now saying bonk and like bonk's been on the <laughs> internet for like years now i think us co-opting bonk could be like a really big win for the splash play brand Let's just be clear. You've you you're the the co-opting of Bonk. I sometimes get pulled into this cesspool, but I'm still trying to be you know uh, above the fray here. You think we could sell some Bonk shirts on the on the Peter Everett store? Could we? Could we? Make I bet happen? we could. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a Bonk shirt. I'd wear one. I'm I'm wearing actually. So I'm wearing a drafting shirt to be clear. Still very brand loyal to underdogs. I've been spamming some DraftKings drafts. They sent me a T-shirt and a hat and gave me a thousand dollars for reasons unclear. See, this is bullshit. Like everyone, I do the swole cast. All of those guys have the DraftKings VIP reps. Everyone's getting invited to go sit box seats, getting swag, getting thousand dollars. I get shit. I get shit. I, I slave over, you know, talking about my DFS lineups every Monday morning in season. What, what do I have to do DraftKings to get some of this? I don't. I mean, they know you're a bought and paid for by underdog, by big underdog. They won't give you the the shekels here. But I will say the I did figure out my DraftKings issue too of not rooms not filling. Apparently, it doesn't update immediately to tell you when people are entering in. So I've been like, oh, four out of twelve again. Like, and that's been what I've been doing on DraftKings. But I've been spamming them there up to twenty five entries on DraftKings as well. So um, kudos to them. Thank you for giving me a thousand dollars. I'll take a thousand dollars from anybody, Pete. Wow, um, that's impressive. A thousand dollars. I mean. People, I mean, that's a good hourly rate, and you don't even do that much shilling for them. No, I look, I've, I've been very brand loyal, so I hope it pays off. It's honestly probably that I didn't play enough NBA DFS on the stretch, and they're like, okay, we got to get this guy back on the hook, man. He's been just handing it back to us week after week since that big win last summer. And uh, no, it's today we're going to give our money Pete's underdog, of course. We're going to multi-table the puppy, and you can see breathing fantasy football literally is dying to do two drafts at the same time with us, almost like he's horn-donging it up trying to get two drafts at once. But either way, I'm excited to have people in with us, Pete, and excited for you to control the multi tabling right yeah well we're gonna see how this goes um all right so we're gonna hop into two puppy drafts here and let's go back and we will get two windows open here and uh and see how this goes where are my drafts also i love now, this that is the problem good what's that the brick hud on your screen so i have to say brick gave me the login i tried to set it up pete i could not figure it out <laughs> We did a tutorial on Friday's show for. Oh, okay, good. I didn't get to watch work. that one yet. I'll have to do that because I like uploaded it, did the Chrome extension thing, and was like, well, this isn't working. <laughs> very <laughs> defeated and then gave up sadly. It happens, Spags. It happens. Brick actually offered to help too, but that's the kind of person I am where I'm like, I'll, I'd rather just not use it <laughs> than have to send a DM to Brick shamefully being like, I couldn't figure out this thing that you laid out that seems pretty intuitive to set up. 
Um, so here's the deal. Uh, one influencer won 12 and one influencer won six in our two drafts here. Oh, you got the six this morning too, right? Uh, I, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I like the six spot because, you know, just got to hope somebody takes Derrick Henry, though. Maybe not in our rooms, but honestly, the puppies could very much not be fully our audience. And I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, I recognize some names here. Um, wait. Are these the same two? No. No, we're right. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, no, I was like, I think a cut did a couple people get in both these drafts, or maybe I was just tweaking. Whatever. The Ooh. the badge brigade is out today. We gotta we gotta show off out of multi-table too, Pete, because I, I mentioned on the Friday show I was listening to the Spike Week interview that Bimeford did with with Pat Corrine. I say interview like it was like a sit-down thing that Corrine had to address <laughs> some allegations. But I guess you texted him while they were doing that stream about me calling him out for multi-tabling or what turned out to be multi-tabling. And I felt bad that I interrupted that stream with just like they were like, Oh, Spags is trashing you. I was like, I'm not trashing Pat. I just found it perplexing. No, you were trying to dig up dirt. This is your new MO. You get you're you've just fully regressed back to your barstool days, beefing, horn dogging it up. Uh, there you go, Eckler goes. Uh, yeah. So we get uh, we get Jamar Chase. I love that. I, whenever that happens, it feels like it's obviously like Jamar Chase could have things go wrong. He could not be worth it. Whatever that feels like free money when Jamar Chase falls to you at six. Um. Yes, free money. Exactly. Under everyone should just pay you uh, <laughs> immediately out. There should be a cash out option. They should, yeah, and everybody should send me a thousand dollars when I get Jamar Chase at six. You hear me, DraftKings, FanDuel? You got any thousand dollars to go sending around here? Pat McAfee's getting a few of those. Let's see. Joey says, uh, if you don't go for the Wilson Milne correlation, is Milne in the player pool? He's wow, Dax Milne in the player pool. There, time to get this guy at ADP. Do we find Eskimo bro? Like, I think that's not allowed for multiple reasons to say that anymore, but like Eskimo bros, homie hopper, like homie hopper sounds both classy and like scandalous at the same time. I miss it. Eskimo bros got canceled. Yeah. Cause Eskimos, you can't say, you can't hang just... on. We're on the clock here. Yeah. Um, let's see. I gotta go. Full Do we, are we getting, are we just going to go full zero RB in this one? I think we should, Pete. I, as, as I've put thumbnails out there, I lovingly Photoshop a bunch of wide receivers and tight ends in there because that's let's, what I believe in. That's what you made me believe in. I'm fine with that, but let's do Debo over Evans. Yeah, that's fine. I know that's one of your takes. Um, That's one of your little takes. <laughs> I Look, I agree with you. I've been taking Debo over Evans in some drafts because I thought you made a compelling argument. Thank you. Yeah. No. What? Well, no. We're gonna go. We're gonna stick with our streak. We're gonna do two zero RB drafts. Who gives a shit about ADP? No value hounding. We did that this morning. Just pure ideological cum bucket draft strategy right here. It is funny though. Like uh, we talked a lot about it on the Friday stream. Uh, so you know, I don't want to keep beating the same drum for people that watch both. But like a lot of smart people really beating the running back drums. Oh, Debo and both, huh? Debo okay. and both. I, I wanted to leverage against myself in the other draft, but then I decided. <laughs> you want to make a, a collective work between the two drafts, but yeah, double the Debo. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to argue it. I got a lot of Debo, oh. man. Um, Tyler says, pussy pals. I mean, this show is completely off the rails. I mean, the, Dave, the reason, uh, you know, Davis still always calls, uh, have you heard the Cordero Patterson and Davis? Yeah, but uh, I guess homie hopper, I guess is pretty... Mommy Hopper says, there's got to be a good one in there. Like I like the mom's friend thing. I don't know. I just don't know what the phraseology would be, but there's got to be some great branding for it that we just don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to uh, we'll have to work on it.
Yeah, there, I, I think there's websites branded <laughs> with similar concepts that we could probably find and, and research at our own at our own leisure whenever we please. Breathing fantasy football, literally. Yes, we are literally in two puppy drafts right now, and we somehow missed you. It is honestly absurd how quickly these puppy drafts fill. I mean, I, I don't think I've registered for one that's literally taken longer than 10 seconds to fill. Yeah, I mean, you said they were 40% full this morning. Like, they must be 40% now, but I think you had 37% on your stream this morning. So, like, they're going crazy. I thought it was like a super flex thing. I didn't know that people were just dying to put it into a $5 tourney. No, it, it's the price point. I mean, $5 is just full blast off mode for everyone. I have to say that's been part of why I've been spamming DraftKings a bit more because I don't think I have a shot to fill this puppy, but I do think enough people are playing the puppy instead currently, so I'll have even stupider people in my best ball drafts on DraftKings, and that's the hope. Why are why are you so caught up on um, you don't want to play in a tournament if you can't max it? Because I think it's minus EV. I don't. But like, there's still enough people maxing it. Like, there's still the equivalent of a DFS tournament amount of people maxing it, and like, that's not good in DFS. So why would it be good in best ball? Hang on, real quick. Um, I know get DJ Moore. Oh, but we, yeah. yeah, DJ Moore is really screaming up. But I'm I'm happy to do it. I like he DJ goes mid twenties a good amount. So at thirty, I feel like it's actually not that bad. Um, yeah, I just, I, I get the, like for, for DFS way more. Um, but like all these draft rooms are dynamic and there's, there's different rooms. It'd be, it'd be like the same logic of being like, oh, I see one crazy draft where someone got all this ADP value and I'm not going to play in this tournament anymore. I just think there's too hmm. many like unique permutations, um, to think that having one bullet versus you know 150 is is any different relative to your expected value for that single team. Okay, no, I think that's a, a reasonable way to look at it, and I I think for me it's more that I assume that a lot of people are just playing on underdog right now and playing at the same price point and not playing on DraftKings. So I think it made sense to me strategically, but I I could I could play some puppies. I have no issue with that. Um, speaking of Pete, we drafted one player who it turns out is currently my highest exposed receiver. Um, which surprises me because that was not the case last week. Do you know who it is? Um, so you're saying we drafted them. Um, I am going to guess. I'm going to guess it's DJ Moore. No, Debo. I don't think I have like any oh. shares of DJ Moore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, deep Debo's yeah. one of my one of my highest too. See, so I've got how much DJ Moore? I have actually I have seven percent DJ Moore, so more than I would have, uh, more than I would have thought. No pun intended. Um, but I have twenty percent Debo, and then uh, just under eighteen percent Rashad Bateman, and just under eighteen percent T Higgins. So uh, they both passed Traylon Burks as my number four. I want to circle back to the um, not maxing thing, and I actually mm -hmm. think you, I would maybe buy the argument a little bit more for Best Ball Mania three. Like, say you were only going to do like a set amount, and it's like, oh, I don't want to do those right now because like the dynamics of the the draft rooms and stuff are going to change so much by the time September gets here and we get all this information from training camp, all of that, to where you could feel like you're legitimately at a disadvantage. Whereas these puppies where this is going to fill in like one week and everything is pretty set in stone as far as like the player pockets, I, I really don't think it's um it's near as bad there. We're on the board here. Um, which wide receiver do you want? I would say Sutton, and I don't mind taking ATN if we want to do a running back, but I could also mm -hmm. reach for Waller. No, we're gonna get we're actually uh let's uh let's do Waller. Get that okay. uh let's go full on Okay. This is this is one thing I'm taught uh I want to bring up too after we pick. Uh let's see, do we want to do just do Gabe Davis here? Yeah, that works. Um one thing I've been thinking about a lot 
too lately. And I, I think I mentioned it to you that the one thing to be careful about when you do a ton of zero RB builds is just like making sure that you're not always funneled to the exact same running backs when you detour. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mentioned how last year I had so many teams that had Travis Etienne and Javante Williams just because it was like, all right, got my running backs now or my wide receivers. Now I'm going to head over and grab a running back in the fifth or sixth round. And so I, I like part of the reason I like doing like a modified anchor or like a full zero RB punt till like ninth or 10th round is because it gets you into different pockets of players and textures to your zero RB um, uh, lineups without the exact same players. Because like the reason we're doing zero RB is because we want to trust the structure to help us out. It's not that we're so confident that ETN is like, the best pick in the world in the fourth and fifth round. So I, that is my one thing when you do a bunch of the same structure, like make sure you're bending it and pushing it in different ways. So you're not just reliant on a couple of specific running backs to depend uh, or, you know, to be kind of the, um, the deciding factor for your entire season. Yeah, I think you said that you definitely called me out of that at one point. I think with the rookies that, that I posted the one draft I did where I just drafted all rookie backs. You're like, well, you want to get a balance here of like this guy and that guy. So I've been trying to kind of flatten out my zero RB exposures where I've talked about Tyler Algier, still my number one back. But like I have Naheem Hines, number two, JD McKissick is down number three for me, Khalil Herbert, Ronald Jones. Like I'm getting a lot of all these guys. All these guys are over 15% for me. Then I have a bunch more dudes over 10%, including Chase Edmonds, uh, Cordero Patterson, Brees Hall. I have over 10%. So I think that's a smart approach. Like I think um, in FF Doom, I think on my Friday draft, did like a really nice zero RB build where he got a mix of different characters. Cause like, otherwise you're always going to end up with like Madison, Ronald Jones, Naheem yeah. Hines. And, and that, you know, probably that could be good, but it's not likely to be good because that's going to be everybody's zero RB build. Yeah, exactly. And he, Hayden Winks has also posted some data about how even like in the ideological camps, the people who traditionally draft running backs early, they're drafting the same types of wide receivers later. The people who go zero RB are traditionally drafting the same types of players later. And so it's just being like, yes, we think we have an edge, but it would be like if everyone who, who, who we have this collective hive mind that's all doing the same thing, then your your edge, I think, is mitigated a little bit. Um, we're on the clock here. Um, I mean, hmm. uh, Brees Hall wouldn't be the worst thing because there's no yeah. tight ends left. Let's do. Uh, I'm fine to do Hall here. Slide. I mean, Hall at pick 54. Gosh. Yeah, no tight ends there. It's crazy that he used to be in the 60s. Like I did. I got a lot of my Brees Hall in like the 60ish range, and like he's gonna be. You got to think he's going to be like in the 40s at least by the time like camp hits and there's some positive reports about him and like, oh, is Michael Carter getting completely phased out? Like it takes one of those and Brees Hall is going to be a third rounder. I my my thesis. Yeah, I, I haven't backed down from that. Like you kind of look at you can kind of see the dead zone here. Kamara's still slipping a little bit, but he's going to push up as this kind of suspension risk gets evaporated here. And then I really think it would not shock me at all if if Brees Hall flips even ETN and James Conner um, by the, mm -hmm. by the start of the season and that he kind of becomes this quintessential, um, you know, bridge running back between like the dead zone and these running backs that are slowly getting pushed up here at like the two, three turn. Is James Conner maybe undervalued a little bit? It's uh, so it's, it's, he's like the most classic quintessential dead zone back ever where he's in an awesome offense. His projection is just going to look so good. And yet I do really worry about 
you know, <laughs> Eno's getting a ton of pub. They bring in Darrell Williams, who can catch passes. Um, James Conner was very efficient in the red zone last year, so I worry about a little regression there. He's not a guy I want to full fade, but um, I think you want to pick your spots. Him sliding to pick 39 here seems like an awesome time to grab him versus when he was more going like mid to late third. I feel like he, to me, profiles kind of like a Leonard Fournette with a bit more injury risk and a bit more just, you know, things running different in that offense where you mentioned the touchdowns, like definitely could regress for him. But I, I feel like he's a guy I'm just not getting enough of, especially given how much Arizona Atlanta I have that it feels like a blind spot, but it also like he could get hurt in week two and then, or just be ineffective and it wouldn't be a shocker. So I say we definitely scoop up Cam Akers here almost 20 picks after ADP. This will give us kind of like a unique room. And then, I mean, I'm down for Amon Ra. Otherwise, what do you think? Yeah, I would say either Amon Ra or we take one more of the running backs and then punt it a little bit further. But I, I think we could use one more receiver. See, Amon Ra makes sense. Yeah. And this is, this is where I honestly get really excited with the zero RB builds because generally in most drafts you'll get at least one of these running backs that just really slide normally for me it's like a damian harris type i've gotten like damian harris like 20 picks after adp this one feels pretty unique to get cam Akers at pick 60 um and so i like taking advantage of those those times here all right we're back on the clock over here if we want to do schultz to get that tight end we could we could also tack on an elijah Moore here uh or we could just stack uh chase with burrow I think let's let's do Schultz. Let's do Schultz. That's because it's going to fall off pretty decently if we don't take him. Um, I think Burrow would have been close for me. It's yeah, we're we're not going to get Burrow coming back. Yeah, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, I I think I probably would have leaned um, Burrow there if I thought it through more. But I don't think Schultz was bad necessarily. There's a chance Burrow could fall. I don't think there was a chance that Schultz would have fallen back to us, but he does fall sometimes. It just feels like in this room, I don't think that was going to happen. Yeah. James says that we were in a puppy draft where I sniped him on Elijah Moore when he was trying to do a full old Miss had AJB DK. I, I'm sorry. I didn't get the memo about your old Miss correlation. Yeah, that's honestly a pretty good receiver group, though. Yeah, like for Ole Miss, like I didn't, I guess I knew in my head all those guys were Ole Miss guys, but that could be like one of the best college trios. USC, though, has some pretty good ones, too, I, I will say. No bias. Was it, isn't Dawson Knox Ole Miss, too? I think that sounds right. I thought, I thought, I'm pretty sure he was. Let me double check. Yeah. 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 So that, that's, that's who you got to tack on to your, your Ole Miss stacks. Man, it's like, that is like a very compelling group. I do wonder what the best, like, group of that because usc's would be amon Ra, drake london so you're probably going uh michael Pittman. well alabama you could just dominate with yeah yeah that's true yeah Bam bamba would be problematic oh did this finally get announced i was wondering when that was gonna oh make. i i well <laughs> pete, you, pete knows more than i do i did know his contract was coming up but i'm surprised they did not throw whatever at him to keep him yeah <laughs> he can't say anything i am surprised <laughs> we love matthew barry of course uh I, I guess we don't talk about it publicly much pete but part of the reason we started splash play was in the hopes of doing it with matthew barry and then things kind of didn't align right and then you ended up working with him with fantasy life yeah yep very excited about all the stuff we got going on uh at fantasy life and I, i'm excited that i think matthew's going to be able to be uh, a bigger part of it too now with this new switch up 
Oh boy, some some refracted spotlight for Pete coming. If you be if if uh, you're the, part of the exclusive home of Matthew Barry, I I I don't even know what leaked yet, so I don't feel comfortable. It's okay, not, no, not fair, my sorry, stuff. Sorry. I'm not trying to put you in a bad spot. I, it's interesting though, like media wise, like I would say for me, you know, I'm talking from my perspective. Like Matthew Barry is the most influential guy in the industry. Like I know people want to nickel and dime some of the uh, Pete. You're on the clock, so let's go. Let's do that first. Uh, let, oh, let's do Lance. How about? Ooh, always down to do Lance. Yeah. Lance with our uh, Samuel there makes sense. And this is that that's why uh if passing on Burrow, if you know Lance is there is is a it's a much nicer consolation prize. If you miss out on Lance and pass on Burrow, it hurts a little more. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I'm also getting tagged by our guy, uh, Slapnik Prospect, saying that I guess there's an ESPN uh, blurb about the Seahawks having conversations about Jimmy Garoppolo. So lots of big <laughs> news on ESPN, I guess, currently. And I don't like that one. If they, they, if they did their film work, they should know. This is not an upgrade, guys. Don't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Wait, you're so you're telling me that you're worried about Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're not worried about Geno Smith? No, because Gino, I think if Gino starts, they're going to be like, okay, we know what this is. Like, let's let's see what Drew Locke can do. But if they bring in Garoppolo, it's like, oh, cool, we're paying him $20 million a year for some reason. Like, I'm sure they'll get a discounted contract like Carolina got with Baker. But it's still like you're investing enough money there where it could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, Spags, Pete Carroll's going to just have zero patience for Drew Locke shenanigans. It is just, it's not going to happen. I think he's going to love him. He was saying he like he would have been one of the top QBs drafted this year. He loves running. Like I think Drew Locke could run 10 times a game in that offense. And the rest of them is just going to be check downs and, and deep balls. And like, that's to me, the ideal fantasy QB. That actually might be the only way that Drew Locke could remain the quarterback. If they went to just a full option style offense where Drew Locke never <laughs> ran the ball and he just ran the option with uh, Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker 20 times a game. Which would be pretty sick, would it not? Fantasy wise and in reality, like you, it'd be intriguing to see that, like an option offense where it's just like Drew Locke either running it, handing it off, or throwing it fifty yards downfield with no in between. And you think, but in this scenario, you need to convince me that Drew Locke is a better runner than Gito Smith. He's absolutely a better. That's unfair. He's a young Josh Allen. We've said it many times on here, but great head on him. You know, he's not chasing Mills out there. He's got a lovely gal who's an appropriate <laughs> age for himself. Drew Locke is a a king among men. Yes, I'm sure. Um, all right, let's actually pay attention to what is going on here. I oh my god, look at this one five one build here. Whoo, mm. not a good he draft. <laughs> Derek Henry, man, like this is Derek Henry Zeke. I guess he's got the correlation though with Derek Henry and Zeke. I have a guy that I want to take here. We'll see if uh, Dreamtown USA uh, allows it, but I think that Traylon Burks would be a wonderful pick for us here. I'm never going to be opposed to Traylon Burks. I think he is getting adversely steamed. And I think, uh, uh, you know, as a fellow asthmatic, I think he's going to get back on track at some point. <sighs> as a fellow. All right. Oh, he goes rookie, but not our rookie. Okay. Hmm. Oh, this is, I will say we've gotten fortunate the way our picks have lined up timing wise. We really haven't had an on the clock at the same time situation yet. No, I think having the double picks, the double tap here helps. I would say uh, Russ. Russ yeah. for that stack definitely makes sense. Um, what else are we looking at here? I mean, mm. if we want to do the slide again, I mean, Antonio Gibson at this price is uh, is not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or... or, or MBS no, get, with our bring yeah, back. MBS, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, 
I feel like this room might continue to give us a lot of running back values. You want to do MBS? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah, this is this this is a piss boy room for sure. Yes, I, I would agree with that. It's a lot of running back values there. And like I'd like if if Gibson's gonna fall that much, like I have enough McKissick, I have enough Brian Robinson to justify taking Antonio Gibson. He falls so much. He'll fall 20 spots in some drafts. And I don't know how he's not worth it at that point. Yeah. Well, that that's how uh I was listening to uh Sean Siegel on a recent podcast. It was either stealing bananas with Gretch or overtime with uh Colm. And he was talking about how like just allowing yourself to be price price sensitive when you get exposure to these guys. It's like Gibson and Akers aren't our favorite picks, but it's like it's the Dos Equis guy. I don't always draft Cam Akers, but when I do, it's 20 picks after ADP. Cause then that mitigates the risk, right? You're like, I don't like him at this current price. So I want to get my exposures at at the good prices. And so that's why I um I'm happy to scoop those guys up because it's like if I'm not taking Cam Akers now, I'm never taking him. And it's like I don't you know, I, I think he's a little pricey, but 20 picks after, maybe now we're kind of in a sweet spot there where that risk is is offset. It just feels like you're going to naturally have a different build than with that same guy, like which I think would appeal to me in terms of just getting unique. Um, I'm definitely down for Lockett past 100, get our little uh, Jets-Seattle correlation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would say if we didn't have Brees Hall, I think Singletary is a pretty nice you know, pseudo-anchor back later in the draft, but I, I think... This team is shaping up nicely. It doesn't look dissimilar from some others I've drafted, but I think like we got nice values that that are like I love the wide receiver group. You're you, you said uh, I like that you're you're doing the Denny thing in a zero RB bill. I love I love your wide receivers. <laughs> a little worried about your running backs. I mean, I love Brees Hall though. Like you know, if Zach Wilson isn't being ruined by this milf hunter situation, if he's not completely consumed by uh, making love to every woman over the age of. Forty, let's say, then you know <laughs> he'll be in a good situation. But I think Brees Hall, like value wise, uh, he just goes so he's getting really frothed up, and I think it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I love this. I love people saying Burks is ass because they read one blurb about him <laughs> having uh, asthma trouble in in fucking July. I will say two data points with Burks that I think make you feel really good about him. He was one of the, he was the best wide receiver in the draft in terms of fighting off press coverage, which does tend to correlate uh, really well with the NFL thing. I think that was a sports info solutions data point. And then also like he was a college dominator. He had the most biggest share of his team's yardage in college. I think out of all the receivers as well. So those are two pretty big signifiers to me. And then you pair in the no AJ Brown, no Julio. Like if Burks is, you know, behind the, the group just because of the asthma stuff, it's not great. But, like, he profiles the guy who could be, like, DK Metcalf, who could be A.J. Brown, um, who could be any of those guys, like, if they give him a chance and he gets the burn. Yeah, he's he's a smash pick at, at these prices. And he, yeah. he'll he be – he'll be – I was talking about it on uh, Best Ball Breakfast this morning. He'll be he'll be going where London is going by the time the, the season starts. There really shouldn't be much of a difference between their ADP. Yeah, and like Westbrook Akeen is one of those guys too, where it's like, oh, like he flashed a little bit last year, and he could be in and come and be that guy. But it's like they invested in Traylon Burks, and Traylon Burks is like comes with a higher pedigree and better size and all that stuff. And it's like that to me is one of those bets that I would have made in previous years, where I would have been like, yeah, Westbrook Akeen kind of showed enough, like let's get him. And it's like, no, Traylon Burks is probably the right answer because everything points you to him being the right answer. Yeah. Um. All right. Hang on. Where are we? All right, we're actually this one might be close. I might have jinxed us here. We might be having three picks at the same time coming up here. Oh no! Well, that's fine. The double tap though gives you the luxury because you can put one in the queue. I guess. Yeah, yeah. This is our double tap coming up here. 
and so then oh that. this one's this one's gonna actually happen first okay oh, um, you'll have plenty of time so let's see i think i mean james cook looks like a is a good pick here yeah i think this is the one where we almost yeah we could add singletary so yeah james cook i think makes sense for my my broken brain logic too where we passed on singletary so now we're getting cook because we think cook is the one who wins that backfield all right, now we are back on the clock, and our thesis was correct here to sit. Um, we can have our choice of Seattle running back, which I think um, looks or good. Or we could take Carr with the first. I guess we could take Carr with either of those picks. I think we should take Carr with one of them. Um, Yeah, I'm fine to put Carr in the queue here. And then, yeah, I think we should take a running back. I think we can pick. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to, uh, to take Ken Walker here, 10 picks past ADP. Yeah, I like Walker. I like Walker at ADP, so as a discount, I think that's perfectly fine by me. Yeah. All right. So this team, we're good at quarterback. Uh, we're going to be building out our zero RB room, wide receiver Lamb, Samuel, Sutton, Amon Ra, MBS. Um, obviously not a ton of other backdoor stack options with Carr, with uh, Russ Wilson. I guess we could have considered further punting RB2 and taking Tim Patrick there. Um, but we also still have the Akui Boonham and the Hamler out. So I, I kind of am glad we took the uh, the running back there. I like that we kind of ended up with an AFC West build too, because that is definitely the division that we've talked about on this show that I find really appealing to get a bunch of targets from and hope that that just ends up being shootout after shootout. And on paper, like that could be the one, any division could be that. But like the AFC West, those QBs, you got to think has the best shot at that. Yeah. Um, all right, this one, let's see. The thing about the Hamler exposure is that's my BBM3 exposure. My Hamler puppy 2 exposure is, is pretty bad. <laughs> Not near a lot of Hamler on DraftKings where he goes in the 20th every single time because I don't know why. Like, it just doesn't change. The ADP doesn't move on Hamler on there. Um, I mean, let's see. Er, uh, Madison definitely makes sense. Um... Anything else I'm missing here? No, I mean, Madison. Oh, we could take Rashad White if we wanted another running back, but I would say Madison or White to go with DJ Moore. Yeah, I think there we might be able to get, might as well just play the ADP game on it, see if he comes back. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, Rashad White not DMing MILFs. He's DMing fantasy analysts to ask for respect. I think that's the kind of guy you want to put your, your hat behind, not Zach Wilson horn-dogging it up, browsing This is, this is why your thesis is completely wrong. It's not like he's out on, um you know, a MILF dating app, you know, ch running around. Like, this was put on a silver platter, brought to him. Zero work, zero effort. But it didn't say she didn't say like oh they're dating. She said that they're like hooking up or whatever. It's like if Zach Wilson like that's not the only milf on his roster. You think you know how fucking hard it is to deal with like <laughs> to deal with older women? It's not as easy as a roster of twenty year olds. They're grown women. They have needs. I know, but then also there's the maternal element of it. She's probably <laughs> making sure he's you know getting all of his greens and getting into bed on time. Hey God, have we talked about? Do you think this was news to Zach Wilson's mom, or do you think she knew about this? Oh, I think she knew. I think she knew about it. And I think she's cool with it and like maybe kind of into it. <laughs> kind of into it. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it's a she. It would be pretty hard. I don't know how you would get that past it. Your son and your best friend are hooking up, and you don't have any kind of uh, idea about that. That seems unlikely. 
I mean, she's like a she's like a weird character herself. Like she's got there were some rumors about her about that I'm forgetting the exact context of. But like she's done some interesting things in her life. And, you know, I think she likes being young and hip. And I think what better way to do that than to kind of tether your life to your your young hip son. And there is all the kind of the the big Mormon energy kind of running through all this, the kind of, you know, polygamous bent and all of this stuff. So it, it does kind of check out from that element. Yeah, it's like a sister wives thing. You know, I don't yeah. know. You like your, your mommy wants your son to have a nice partner who's going to take <laughs> care of him. She doesn't want her going to some Instagram influencer wannabe. Man. And then did you see all the photos everyone was circulating of, I guess, Zach Wilson? Was it high school prom or some Baylor prom? Who knows? But he took two, or no, it was when he was in high school prom, he took two college cheerleaders <laughs> as his date. So, I mean, he's always had that dog in him, Spags. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the Bill Simmons thing that he would talk about with like Mark Sanchez and who's taking the, the keys at QB or on the clock. But yeah, that's, that's the guy who's taking the keys. The guy's got the mills. The... Want to do Spiller? Um, I, yeah, I like Spiller. I love this young running back room. I'm never going to be mad at a, a rookie RB room. Yeah. I mean, this is the anti Zach Wilson room of running backs here. Way Zach too Wilson young. These running backs go, ew, yucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're on the clock again here. Um, Damian we, Pierce, I don't know. Maybe Myers here just to get one more wide receiver. I was gonna say we're gonna we should probably get we should probably get a couple more wide receivers in this room. Could also do Komet um, for the Detroit bring back. Yeah, although the only thing is that boxes us out of Akui Boonham yeah, maybe yeah. later, but I don't know if Akui Boonham's gonna make it back to us. Yeah. Hmm. I could do, I could do a Kui Boonham we, if we, you wanted we, to reach. I think we probably just take a running back here, Pierce or Spiller. We just took Spiller. Let's take Pierce. Right. I've been forcing myself to take Pierce just because, like, I feel like I have a blind spot for him, but he always falls in drafts enough. And I know he's a rookie, like, and he's in a spot that he should be getting touches. I know. Yeah, it, it's so weird to be some of the there's a few players that seem to reliably slip. And I'm like, how is their ADP their ADP if they if they slip in every draft I'm in? Like Cordero Patterson, Damian Harris, um Pierce. Like those are a few that I feel the running backs, they just always slip 10 picks past ADP. Yeah. I, I think I was thinking about it a little bit today because you might have said on one of your streams recently about Damian Williams and like maybe he just ends up the lead back. Like I think I got to start taking some Damian Williams just because I have so much Algier and so much Cordero now that like that's the one blind spot I have Atlanta running backs and it would drive me insane if Damian Williams had like a 1500 yard year somehow. Wow, Spags finally realizing what diversification means. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Uh, we also need to think about our quarterback in game here. Mm. Um, I will say Tunyon. Uh, hmm. We got 10 seconds. What are you seeing? Um, I wouldn't mind just taking the talent with Holbert. Hang on. Let's do Tunyon. Correlates with, with Madison here. Okay. And we need uh, need another tight end. I think Tunyon's a little bit of a value. Do we need another tight end with Tunyon and Schultz? No, no. No, no, I'm saying we're, we're, we're done now. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were saying we should get a third. I was like, that, that didn't feel that no. flimsy. I'm very, very anti three tight ends. I, I, I need to look at my overall best ball mania thing, but I would guess I only have one or two three tight end teams. Hmm. I have a few earlier on, but I've, I've pretty much stopped doing that completely just because it feels mm-hmm. minus EV, like based on some of the roster construction stuff. Yeah. 
This is what I've been trying to say, Chad. This is this is what this is what the take I've had. I guess I just didn't. I guess maybe we just know different mills. I, I I'm not like a milf guy. Like people are thinking, like, oh, it's like no, I'm like a, you know, we was the stuff we looked at on Friday, the Matt Corral's girlfriend kind of guy. Like that's where I'm at. I'm not I'm not milf hunting. The um, Mookie saying those guys only slip because I'm in piss boy rooms. Believe it or not, I do draft more teams than uh, beyond just streams, and uh, those guys reliably uh, seem to slip in my drafts. But yeah. at this point, the underdog community is, um, uh, I don't know, hewing so uh, piss boy anyways that even the streams can't control control them. They're everywhere now. My tight end exposures are so pure, by the way. It's Kyle Pitts, number one, George Kittle, number two, Darren Waller, number three, Travis Kelsey, number four, Mark Andrews, number five. I am not, I'm not playing games at tight end, Pete. No, yeah, you're not here to make tight end friends. <laughs> It's, they don't call it tight end friends. They call it tight end business. I uh, I talked about the onesie positions in the newsletter today, uh, quarterbacks and tight ends specifically. And it like it is one thing I like about writing is it helps kind of crystallize your thoughts. And you know, it's like I've I've had these thoughts about elite tight ends and quarterbacks for a while, but then you actually start writing it, and it really gives you the clarity and like the the two big benefits that I talked about is one, just the ability to separate in week 17, where it's like you could have the rotating cast of three QBs or three tight ends that help get you there. But then when you're in a one-week DFS-like final, you want access to the tight end that has a chance to put up 30 points because that's going to be how you can separate from the position. And so that's why I land there is, again, it's through that week 17 lens of I want the guy who can put up 30 points um, when we get there. And I think that definitely pushes me towards so many elite tight end builds yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely my highest exposed construction. I've not played around oh. with elite tight end. Um, that was, yeah, we're on the clock here. Uh, Gus? Yeah, I haven't been drafting a lot of Gus lately. Let's just grab him. We are on the clock here. We are done with quarterbacks. Did Akui Boonham fall? No, but... Uh, Hmm. We could do uh, we could do Everett yeah. as our little bring back with Acres. Yeah, I like that. And then we are done with tight ends there. Um, I don't know if I can take another Algiers here. You want to <laughs> do uh, you want to do Gainwell? I could do Gainwell. I don't know. I it's it's one of those things where I'm just like a board drafting Wait, Tyler. Is Algier this our now. Trey Lance one? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Or no, no. Yeah. No. no, no let's, let's take a Davis Price then. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think we're I think we're back okay now. Uh breathing fantasy football, literally. I'm I'm gonna ask because he's very enthusiastic and I haven't seen his name in our chat before, so we're gonna take one from him. So elite tight end belts could be one tight end only drafts possibly. You're still taking two, right, Pete? Like I don't mind if you take two with the same bye week, but you gotta take two. Yeah, I think we had one, maybe it was a ship chasing draft where we just were not paying attention structurally and we knew we needed an extra running back. So we did just raw dog it with a, a single Travis Kelsey. But in general, yeah. And also, I also think just a trend this year is that there is kind of good value on some of those mid to late tight ends that I don't find it that hard to get that second tight end. Um, even like the the Hayden Hurst and CJ Ozomas, and if you want to toss on a Mo Alley Cox flyer, like, so I don't know. I, I normally never am like, oh God, this is so gross. I don't want to get a second second tight end. But that said, like, I get it. Um, I don't think you're giving up. If, if you get the Travis Kelsey season that we've gotten in years past, 
um, you're really not sacrificing that many points. But I, I don't think you need to necessarily get that cute. Yeah, there's always a Logan Thomas in the 18th or a Daniel Bellinger from the Giants rookie. So, like, I, you know, I think take it a second tight end, just do it. Um, how about how about we take Watkins here? I mean, it's weird to have the double. Um, ugh, I don't like Watkins unstacked. Okay. Um, do we want to just take Winston? Yeah, we might as well. I mean, yeah, I don't know who we're going to get as targets for him. I just like Winston at pick 174, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. I like, there's just no tar. Like, we would have to take Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, these are also spots where obviously you want to stack, but I think we could also, you know, we could think about like Galaxy Brain, like bring back with it, like we could tack on. A Quez Watkins or something like that um, for if we want to play that game a little bit, and I, I think it's it's not the uh, it's not the end of the world when you're when you're getting these guys at an extreme value. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm always trying to get to the double stack if I can, or at least a single. I just like New Orleans is weird because if you miss out on Olave, you miss out on Landry, you miss out on Thomas. Like there's just nobody else you can go to who might catch a single ball from him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could like we we could kick the tires on a on a Callaway or or whoever with the last round pick. Yeah, who else is even on their depth chart? I'm also I forgot to I should plug that I'm doing a, an Osmo best ball or a Stochastic, excuse me, Stochastic best ball stream right after this one. Uh, so I'm doubling up on there and gonna go go back to my old haunt. Though it's weird, like I'm never gonna be able to call call it Stochastic regularly. Like when you work somewhere, I feel like. I just get like I'm not going to update my bio to be like oh formerly at Stochastic because I wasn't at Stochastic. Wow, this really puts you in a tough spot with your resume. It does. It's just it's just confusing. I I'm gonna have to say <laughs> formerly Osimo if I have to if I ever if I ever update my resume at some point. Do you think what if uh what if Barstool did a rebrand and they called themselves Brotastic and then your <laughs> resume had to be Brotastic and Stochastic former employee? Boy, people would really look negatively upon me. <laughs> They also be like, oh, pretty appropriate, I suppose. Uh, Traquan Smith's still on the Saints. So, boy, they have a lot of receivers. Well, they've thrown a lot of shit against the wall to see what works. <laughs> yeah, not a single one good. They have uh, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Hardy, Kevin White, Kwan Baker, Aesop Winston Jr., Kirk Merritt, Dejean Dixon, Rashid, <laughs> Rashid Shahid. <laughs> it's also works for me. Chart. Um, Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill, Nick Vanette, Jawan Johnson. A lot of pass catchers. None of them good. PSA, please stop sending me texts and Discord messages and Twitter DMs asking me if I know where Matthew Barry is going, as if I would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's going somewhere fun, I'm sure. Probably, probably a place that does fantasy sports, if I had to guess. It seems, seems like a good bet. <laughs> he's actually going to go to be a Fox News commentator. <laughs> he's going the Lisa Ann route. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Oh man, Zach Wilson. How do we pass him up? He has that dog in him. Um, do you, mm, this is gross. Do you want to get Sammy Watkins now? We could. Uh, Jamal Williams also makes sense. I guess with the bet on Detroit, maybe. Yeah, let's do, let's do Jamal here. Shit, we're on the clock here. We're about to time out. Fuck, fuck, fuck.
fuck. I'm just putting in Paris Campbell yeah, to make sure we don't tie out. Could have taken Ingram too and hope that he catches one touchdown from Jameis. I know. I just, I think I probably would have selected Ingram if I didn't uh, get caught there. But uh, Paris Campbell, 12 picks after ADP, always part of the plan. Uh, Shit, we now go. we're about to time out here. Are we going to just do the Sammy thing? Yeah, let's do Sammy. I mean, if he's going to keep falling, we might as well. All right. Yeah. Matt saying, I assume Barry will coast the Friday streams. Yeah, he's actually he was leaving ESPN to join the show that doesn't have a thousand subs on YouTube yet, where I make cum jokes for an hour. <laughs> That's really the step up for Matthew from doing. The you should Who's build a show him on ESPN. Um, I do not know. Somebody, I think uh, somebody speculated earlier. She might have been Bullock saying that it should be me. And uh, look, I'm available, and and honestly, very affordable. Comparably, some would say you're maybe too available. <laughs> it's true. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm knocking down doors at ESPN if I can. I got, I got close <laughs> last summer to getting to go in there, but didn't, didn't align timeline wise, unfortunately. Well, that is kind of a pattern I've noticed with you. You get really close to a, a gig and then it all falls <laughs> apart at the last second. Well, sometimes they pay me, Pete, as <laughs> part of that process. Sometimes they don't, and the ESPN is one that, that did not. Um, all right, let's 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 kind of regroup here. We have two more picks on this build. Uh, we have a two five seven two with uh, Lance in an unstacked Winston, um, Brees Hall, James Cook, Madison Spiller, Edwards. Um, I think we kind of have one luxury pick here. Definitely one more wide receiver, and then we could either go nine wide receivers or or uh, six running backs. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll never fault McKissick. I feel like just uh, the floor raising that he gives you in his RB build, I don't mind. Um, yeah, nobody else. He goes. Okay. Mm. Um, Could take Evans, too, for the the Buffalo bring back. Another sure. Buffalo bring back. And then why don't, why don't we find, why don't we find some random ass Saints wide receiver that we're willing to tack on here? Insane? In the membrane. <laughs> you want to do like Callaway? Um, Callaway. I, I feel like Deontay Hardy. Like, I'd rather take a flyer on some fucking random dude. I mean, these are all pretty. Uh, these are all pretty random. That's right. I guess Deontay. That's right. Deontay Hardy was Deontay Harris, and then he re, he rebranded and pulled the wool over all of our eyes. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll finish this draft off with. Whichever chat vote right now, Callaway, Harris, Smith. Who do you want us to take with our last pick? I feel like everybody's talking up Deontay Hardy, by which I mean right. Bolick posted one thing about Gretch liking him. They call us the Hardy Boys. I do remember that Substack that Gretch had about him. He was like, one of these things is not like the others. Um, and then in this draft, what do we have? We have our our last two picks. So we're at a two five seven two similar spot i think i think this is a, a one running back and a one wide receiver pick mm -hmm. um how are we looking here with our denver stuff uh we ended up with a skinny stack there did we lose yeah we lost hamler and then car we just have the skinny stack do you want to tack on like a zay jones here oh he's on jacksonville now demarcus robinson i don't mind taking in the oh, 17th team um oh or uh yeah fuck i forgot yeah robinson's like i think he's gonna be the number two receiver there like they did sign him 
Robinson. Yeah. He's been the one I've been taking when I get boxed out of everybody else. I'm on a, on a Vegas stack and I want somebody as a, a bring back, but like you would think that Renfro plays a slot and Robinson plays outside. Yeah. And then, I mean, we could do, yeah, we could also do a Kenyon Drake. And then, I mean, who, who are the other really? Oh God. Dolchich. There's someone in the player pool named Slade Bolden. <laughs> That's a pretty sick name. Yeah. Um, Slade Bolden. Let's see. You want to do? Let's do Demarcus. Who do Who do you want for our running back? Um, I've been trying um, to boost my Michelle exposure lately. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I have so much most dirt that I I do take uh, some Michelles, and I don't mind continuing to take a little more here. There you go, boys. We didn't correlate enough, but it no. happens. But you know what? It's a zero RB build. You know, it still feels good. You still leave that room feeling like you did something nice. Let's check in on the votes here in the chat. Uh, I see Smith, Harris, Smith, Smith, Hardy, Dax, Smith. Actually, a decent amount of Smiths. Callaway, got to be Hardy. Why is everybody touting Slade Bolden now? <laughs> who's Slade, who is Slade Bolden would be the first question. I you don't have. know who Slade Bolden is? Dude's a beast. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, he was a Bama receiver. Okay, that makes sense. Short, though. There you go. He's going to be part of my all Alabama team that squares off against your all old Miss team. <laughs> Wait, who is Slade Bolden even on the roster of? Oh, the Ravens. Oh, yeah. he's a Ravens guy, but we don't need the Ravens guy. So who do we, are we taking Harris? Is that what yeah, we decided on? Yeah. All right. There we so, go. Slade Bolden, I feel like doesn't come up a lot with that Ravens debate, but uh, we are a Prochet podcast. I feel like overall we decided. Yes, we are. Once we figured out um, how to pronounce his last name, we were locked in. All right. These squads have finished. Okay. Two puppies. All the haters said it wasn't possible, but like Zach Wilson prom dates, you can juggle two <laughs> things at once. And hopefully they will age as well as his other <laughs> interests in life, uh, like a fine wine. But uh, I think these teams that we built are, are nice little zero RB teams. I don't, I think we got unique enough too with reaching at some spots, getting the Cam Makers value, getting the Breeze Hall value. I think they worked out fairly well. They worked out fairly well. Yeah. We did get some pretty extreme values, specifically in this draft here. Um, Acres at pick 60 was nice. Um, what was our other big value pick? I thought we had another big value one here. Walker was a nice value. Yeah. Walker. Uh, yeah. They're, they're fine. Yeah, what am but, I up to? Only 11, 11 puppy drafts. Okay. I'll name them. I'll name them. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God you're going to name them. I was really worried you weren't going to name them. Bonk, bonk one. <laughs> and bonk two. That's fair. I mean, the issue is that there's going to be a bonk three and a bonk four, I'm sure. <laughs> <at some point. laughs> if, uh, if I've learned anything from podcasting with you, Spags, there's always a bonk around the corner. That's what we look for here. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in. Of course, make sure you subscribe to Peach Channel as well as the Splash Play channel. Go check out there for the uh, Friday solo streams where I am by myself, floundering sometimes, thriving at other times. Uh, Pete, what's the schedule coming up for you? Um, Nothing tonight. We'll do Club Top Shot uh, tomorrow night. Um, and yeah, the the usual fare. Maybe uh, Spags, now that I'm uh, uh, going to be around a little bit more uh 
in August because we're going to be, you know, having to figure out our move and all of that stuff. Maybe, maybe I'll join you for one of your, uh, uh splash play Ooh. only, uh, live stream over there. Wow. Okay. So make sure you're subscribed over there. Pete won't come over unless there's a thousand subs. He refuses. That, has... No, no, that is, okay. That is actually the thing. That's the goal. If, uh, if you want me to have a few drinks and get extremely horny on main street with spags, we need to get that channel to a thousand and then I'll come over there. All right, so go subscribe to the Splash Play channel if you want to see that happen. I appreciate Pete offering that up without me even asking or begging, pleading over text. But uh, check out Pete's channel, of course, for everything coming up this week. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday at 2.30, so come join us then. Enjoy your weeks, guys. Bye.